Dun, da, da. I feel underdressed for the occasion. Where are we going? Oh, that's right. You work. I got this job I gotta maintain all the time. I gotta you keep work, up with dear. all this. Keep up with all these clients. Holy smokes, man! All these Jeez. clients that want to buy stuff. You know how many buyers there are out there right now? Is I'm it so, just? Is it I'm just so that there's right nothing now. to buy? I'm such a pumper. Like let's just let's just say it. But it's not that I'm I'm trying to get people to pay more for real estate as a whole, right? No, like I don't want the whole them. market to go up. I just want everyone to buy my listings so my sellers are happy. <laughs> okay. Everyone else's I really have no opinion on. the goal that's my job that's what people hire me to do you know sure so yeah. so hold on a sec so the numbers showed us like extraordinarily low inventories and Very showed low. us extraordinarily low sales volume right and you're selling everything so what's going on it, i'm just saying like you know you're the best shoot me no like like shoot me in the comments do whatever you want to do but there's a lot of buyers there's not a lot of inventory Buyers are anxious. They want to buy. They're not happy with the um, available inventory and they're settling or they're paying more than they want to because they don't have a choice. TK, I could take that. I could take that out as a soundbite and say yeah. that it was from like a year and a half ago. I, I could say that was like from February. I know. I know. At, at and, the and peak, the, the, like... same, the same, the same idea is there, but it's just no craziness. There's no craziness. Like nobody's no craziness. doing anything where it's like, I'm going to go over asking or the last soul sold for X. Everyone wants to pay less than the last sale still. So if there's a sale, like no, no one wants to be the guy who pays more because the direction of the market's going down. That's for sure. So, but so at the so, end of the day, buyers are still going to have to buy. So, I mean, we had, we had inventory right in December we had inventory and we only sold like 3000 units. Right. And you're saying that there's all these buyers out there looking for stuff. So is it that we have like, is the garbage on the market right now? Is it all just shit? Because the shit's like, I better get out now while I still have some value. Cause no, mine this, is shit. No, no, this, so stigmatized properties are actually not selling right now. So there's a ton of stuff that's out there. If you had a stigmatized property, you were um, you were selling it no problem when the market was hot because people will be like, all right, so what? It had a fire. So what? It's on a busy street. So what? It's this undesirable type of property. I need a house. Now everyone's yeah. like, whoa, wait a second. Do I really want to have that house that doesn't have the backyard, the condo that looks over the dumpster, the, whatever it is that is you know impossible to sort of get around? Um, those properties are... Um, still sitting on the market. Those ones are harder to sell now. You know, you got to solve those with, you know, in price incentives, but definitely um, the good properties are the ones that I'm talking about. If it's a good property, it's going to sell. I and sold that house in the Markham Heritage Estates. You did? Ones. Yeah. Firm? Firm deal. Firm already? Firm Wasn't deal. that asking last price. week? Yeah, asking price. People are it. making firm offers. Yeah. No condition. No conditions. What the fuck, man? I don't understand. Why? It was, great, it was a great house. It was a nice house. Yeah, but why not make a condition? Would you? Would the seller um, not have another accepted? Offer came, another offer came in. 
multiple offer situation right now. So two a, houses are sitting on the street, right? Two houses are sitting on the street on, what for was months this and price months point? and months. Price point? Price one point? and a half. One and a half. And these two houses are sitting on the street, you know, but they're overpriced. You know, they're at like one seven or something like that. So, you know, it was obvious that they were bigger houses, more renovations and stuff like that. But they were also corner lots and, and they're overpriced. So we went on at one five and had a, 30 showings and a couple offers came in. And the best one was one five. And there was a few people who were all like in that range that were all talking. So sold for asking for asking, yeah. bro, put that up on the sign ASAP. That's the new sold over asking. I don't have that sign. You need a sold for asking with a bell and balloons. I don't have that sign. Oh, gosh. Is there such um, a thing? There should be a thing. That should, should be a thing. In most... no, it should be sold under asking. That That's the guy I'm going to hire. If I'm a consumer and I see a sign that goes up and says sold under asking, right? Number two agent in the city. Sold after th three times listed. You know, like that, that would be funny, right? Actually, there oh, was an, it. there was an agent. There's a story out there that I saw recently and I'm not going to try the to billboard? make this very specific. No, 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 no. The agent had the house on the market for a long time. And then they were, took it off the market for the holidays or putting it back out and put up the coming soon sign. Oh. It was up for months and they never even took the sign down because it cost 50 bucks to take the sign down. So did you see that, that guy that did the panic the sale? Funny on the uh, assignment of a of a of a single family house he put no. out a flyer what panic sale like owner willing to make no profit oh god yeah closing and? in 2025 or something yeah and well i mean it, it was on twitter so it just got ripped to shreds yeah tk dumb, i don't think he bought of, i don't think he sold i don't think he sold i don't think he sold. this is in bracebridge so i mean mm, good ouch. friggin luck yeah ouch. There was a nice chart that um, Foch did on his uh, Instagram that I saw where he was talking about the uh, declines in prices and he's talking about Newfoundland, you know, doing the best. And like, he's been talking about a few things like that. So basically, um, you know, check him out, uh, Daniel Foch, if you want to get the, like the, the right answer, the right or answer. if you just want to hear my interpretation a of different it, answer. listening, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might be different, but basically the further away you are, you know, from Toronto, the, the the higher the uh, price went, but now the greater the fall, the smaller the market in Canada, wherever it was, you know, Calgary was one, Newfoundland was the other one. Those ones there have got the most stability and, and um, you know, are probably the best markets to be investing in this year. Looks right? like Alberta's the place to be for Alberta's now. The place to be. Absolutely. It's always, it's always been the place to be, really. Well, I mean, it goes in serious waves over there, yeah. right? But but you know, Alberta's the place. Things don't make sense over there if oil is like below seventy bucks a barrel. But you go there and you get a job in something that's not the uh, energy sector. You know, that's starting to become more and more of an option. I mean, right. the offices don't necessarily want to open there, but if you can work remote, I suppose yeah. if you're going to start a cleaning company, move to Alberta. Like, why would but you I, not? They do have a decent tech thing going on. But if you saw. Like some of Luke's videos with uh, showing what, what the downtown looks like in Calgary. It's like mm. a ghost town. I don't know if I can't imagine you know, that is, being rectified by now, but yeah. yeah. Well, he, he likes knows how to make spots. it. He, he's a good storyteller. That guy. He, he can he can he can weave a, a pretty, pretty he's good, good. web. He's good. He's a smart guy. He's he's got a, he's a wordsmith. So um, we're supposed to have a guest. Um, I don't know if she's coming. I hope great. she's coming. But Great. if she doesn't come, TK, I'm always I happy to talk to you. Joe. Yeah, I like talking like, to you. you know? I, I've been so bored. I've been so bored, TK. I just, I'm like, 
uh, like I'm so bored of talking about real estate, even though I love talking about real estate. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't like talking to the agents about the listings. They That's a really, tough... I'm getting very frustrated. That's a like, tough go. I got to get out of this mentality in my head, but they just keep giving me more and more reasons to think that most agents are idiots. So if I go into it thinking that whoever calls me back is going to be an idiot, mm-hmm. chances are I find something that they did that makes me think, yeah, see, that guy's an idiot. That's what happened. But it's like, it is glaring that training is necessary, like glaring. And on top of it, the perspective I have, my daughter's taking an exam again today. She's getting close. Mm, She's going to nice. be licensed soon, TK. She's going to be out there looking for a job. I'm, I'm, you know, going to have to start working harder because she's going to take all my business. This is, this is not good. I got to find a way to be able to, you know, do she's more. Gonna, she's, she's going to kill young it. generations coming in. But it's really, really, really pathetic. Like the system that cultivates the agents. So, I mean, of course we have this pool of agents who doesn't really know what to do. I mean, thank God that there's like savvy investors and that some of the sellers have half a brain now and that there's a lot of info out there because man, like a lot of deals would just get done way sooner if the agent knew what they were doing. Like Mm. just why do I got to ask you for the information? Like, don't you know already what I need to make this decision? Regardless of the class, like whether it's buying a single family house for myself, whether it's buying an industrial building as an investment, whether it's buying a multifamily building, like the agent selling it should be like, like here, here's everything you need. Mm -hmm. And it's been verified. And like, here's every, no, it's in there. Just forward it to your no. Uh, no, it's fi- in there. financier. The answers will... are in that data room and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And like, it's like a checklist of 10 things that are necessary on each type of deal, right? Like yeah, for yeah, yeah. fuck's sakes. But no, it's like you, you, you press the button. I'd like some more information about this property. And you get an email. If you get an email back, it's like, well, what do you need? What, what's going on? Are you an investor? Are you working with a realtor? This is always the number one question. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a box to check if you're actually working with a realtor mm-hmm. and you check, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. The first question is, Are you? do I have to split this commission with anybody is the question that they're asking me. Right? No, there's an agency obligation to ask that question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then what's the next question? Like, are you really able to buy this thing? Can, can you show like, me proof of funds? Like it's depending on like, how big the deal is. Remember, like, I need what? proof of funds. You're going to have to show me like a bank statement or something. Um, you know, give me some information. Um, well, I got about, a napkin. Is there, I got a napkin with some numbers on it. Is that, is that going to be enough? Google me, bro. Google me. Yeah. Google right. Me. Like check Google it out me. for five minutes. Google me. How anyway. easy would it be? to create the most elaborate, like, you know, developer profile about how great you are and all the projects you've done. You've worked over the overseas. You've got all these great developments that no one's ever going to be able to verify. And then you could be like, yeah, just Google me and like, you know, let me know, like, if you want to accept my offer and stuff like you could be. Forget like, about that. I'm talking about the initial conversation. TK. I'm just it's saying, like, come how on, bro. Easy it is, you know, people, they, they, of course, you know, how many, you know, how many times there's been an email that I've got where it's like, you know, 
I've got this inheritance oh, or I've got, you know, on. I'm trying to buy a property, 10, $20 million property. And, you know, I, I we own this big pro company down in such and such a place in England That's, and America. But this is not like, this is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is not, uh, uh, like qualifying a lead here for God's sakes with those, that's, that's not the second question you ask. It's like, let's talk about the deal. Like, so it's a first date. It's a first well, date. They're I mean, asking, they're on. asking you like, don't you know, insult how, me right away. How, how long do I got to know you before you're looking to move in with me? Just don't smack me in the face with the second question. Like, can you really afford this deal? Like, first of yeah. all, why the fuck am I calling you? I'm going to waste my own time. Like, Hey, I, you know, people I just wanted that. to shoot the shit. I, people yep. do that for sure. They do that. But like, yep. I don't know if I'm the guy selling it, do I put it on the MLS because I don't want people to call me and ask questions? I think that agents like, don't can't want people I... to call them. I think they want to post it on the MLS and they want another agent to bring them the buyer and they want to do absolutely nothing. That's right. my opinion. I feel like I offend them by asking them for 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 information. Our guest mm -hmm. is here, TK. I've worked. I've I haven't worked like this hard for uh, listings for a long time. It's a lot of lot of stuff that you got to do right now. For, yeah, like, uh, for listings, like you got to be on since top you of started, things. right? No, I've done it before in other markets, but like just in the last two years, like you didn't have enough. There were first of all, there was eighty guys to call, so I couldn't call them all. Right? Hello, good Hi, morning. Sir. Morning. Morning to you guys. How are you? How nice are you? you? Nice to meet you. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to my. You're nightmare. busy. Look at this. This looks fantastic. This back is there. great. A lot this of is a real estate office. I, we've hit gold, TK. We yeah. have hit gold today. Absolutely. Oh God, yes. Well. Do you want yeah. to introduce yourself just briefly for everybody? Uh, all all three people. <laughs> everybody who's on this call. There's, there's two of us. Hi, I'm Rachel from Landlord Rescue. Landlord I do Rescue. a lot of interesting things. Landlord yes. Rescue. Wow, what a great name. Landlord Thank Rescue. Yeah. And she's got she's got some wit me too. about what the actual company does. Your name, complete opposite feeling. I know exactly. uh, I'm right. Well, my name's Rachel Barube. Um, what does the company do? Well, the pop, uh, the company does um property management, leasing. Um uh we branched out into doing some um uh, collection work, uh, not collection, uh, legal enforcement, which is different from collections. Mm -hmm. And um, also uh, I do some investing. So not under landlord rescue, but other companies. And um, so it's kind of grown over the years um, to, I don't even know what you would call it. Um, so I do on every day, I do like a bunch of varied things. We do some, uh, like major property development, not like, I wouldn't say call it development. I would call it like uh, we take houses that are like completely decrepit and basically buy them at a very decent discount and um, build like them back up from the ground. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, where do, where do you focus? What area do you work in? I don't care as long as the money's there. <laughs> Like, like, nice. like Winnipeg or Canada. are we uh, Ontario? No, I, uh, I work in, uh, I do Northern Ontario. I'm Northern French Ontario. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm familiar with that market. I'm from, uh, Tomogamy originally. I, I was, and I thought your name would be Rochelle the way that it's it spelled. If you spell it, but here's the thing. So if people are French and I'm fluent bilingual, 
um, you don't really want anybody trying to say your name. So English people can say Rachel very well. So they uh, call me Rachel. And only French people have permission to call me Rachel. That's Rachel. it. I mean, that's why, Darryl? like, that's well, a real reason. Don't try to pronounce your name, Daryl. And right away, you I can do it, bro. It. I went to French Darryl. immersion no, for eight me years. Me too, and I neither one of us can right. do it right. It's Rachel. Exactly. All right? So I'm like, just call me Rachel. It's fine. Yeah. Well, Rachel, I mean, you are obviously a seasoned professional just by looking at your office behind you. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of files in there. So in the last few days, uh, one of the main reasons why I invited you on the show, we were kind of going back and forth with some funny stories about tenants. And so just from what you were saying, I could see that you've obviously been around the block for a while. Have, have, have you seen a market like this before? Um, okay, so I'm just going to say this. Uh, so, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of background so you understand, like, originally, my um, my sheepskin, so to speak, is um, a diploma in property management, right? Um, many, many years ago, I had um, wanted to be a real estate agent, and I took the course for being a real estate agent, and um, the first one. And I did a mentorship with this lady who was a real estate agent and she was crooked and she ripped off this old lady. And I was like, this is not for me. What? Essentially, she got a listing. She found a straw buyer. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I can't stand this. Like this, this is bullshit. Like, uh, like it's like small things too. Like she'd be in the office. She'd be like, don't talk too loud. I don't want everybody to steal my listings. Anyway. old school old school that's yeah. what they call it old school <laughs> so then i was like so actually in the real estate book there was this thing called property management which is um uh, they had mentioned and i'm like i could do that like my dad was in construction and he made us work from the time we were like three so so i know a lot about construction i think this would be good for me so that's how i started hang on one sec let me just fix this let me this is very glamorous here no problem yeah so but people the people when they, of the window is driving me crazy when when people think of property management they go i like this is easy i could do that right it's no stress no problem yeah I, just I, pay and listen collect to you the rent call a guy to fix do. a toilet no, it's nothing something's wrong the roof's leaking Just yeah you should try managing i right. don't know social tower or something yeah. Scotia Tower. Oh my God. <laughs> There's different levels of property management. So that's good that you brought that up. Right. So are you focused yeah. on like low rise residential or? Um, well, so what originally happened is I started out in, uh, in buildings like rental buildings, like 400, uh, you know, units and, yeah. um, stuff like that. Uh, my first gig as a property manager was actually this couple that had 150, duplexes and uh, triplexes and a couple quadplexes here in Toronto and they were getting divorced so they wanted to sell everything but they wanted like not a fire sale so um so that was my first gig so we kind of went through we rented the places we did whatever we needed to do and then uh we got um we just got rid of the um what year was that sorry if you don't mind me asking Oh, that would be 90, I want to say 97, something okay. like that. Like it was like there. And we got rid of those at 10 cap and nobody wanted real estate back then. They I was going to say that was a bad time to be letting go of real estate. 
they thought we were idiots, right? They're like, oh, why would you rent a place out? Like tenants suck. Uh, and, um, you know, um, why are we dealing with this? Like why who in their right mind would do that? Like, that's crazy. I had a guy and, um, in the uh, in the '90s who had a place down in Parkdale. I told the story on the show before, where he had a five-unit building. It was paying for itself. the The mortgage was getting covered. You know, I don't know what the cap rate was, but he said it was completely 100%. You know, neutral or positive cash flow. So all you had to do was just collect the rent, and he couldn't give the property away for free. He called yeah. charities. He was like, "Take the property from me. Like you can have it." The mortgage is X. The pay payments are here. The tenants are all great, and all you got to do is just make sure that everything goes well. And it's yours. It's free. And yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't take it. <laughs> no, it, it's absolutely true. Like, I mean, this, I like people don't think that they um, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think that people have realized kind of the, um, the like the culture in Canada around real estate has changed. Okay. And people like didn't notice it because it happened like one increment at a time. But in reality, it's changed a lot. And this idea that everybody should be a property owner and so on and so forth is um, uh, it's a fabrication of our time, right? Not everybody should own their own property. I mean, we say that because in Canada, we have no economy like that's not like real estate related at this point. And it hasn't been like in my lifetime. Right. And that's really it. There's no innovation. Like if you guys weren't working in real estate, you would be, I, you know, as young guys, are you, are you hiring? You'd be working. No, that's yeah. a great like, point. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's it. And it's the same reason for me, like I, as a commercial type property manager, why am I managing like, a, a you know, um, a bunch of like uh, houses and condos, like individual condos and buildings. Like, why am I doing that? Well, because that's where the money is. Why is the money there? The money, like, it's crazy. Why and do people own it? Yeah, and why like, do people even own a condo to to rent it? Well, yeah, because we because of appreciation. If there's no appreciation in, uh, I have a spreadsheet that will tell you exactly how much the condo is worth. So, um. And I mean, we're kind of headed that way. And I don't want to be a doom and gloomer, but this is this is the the way it is. Uh, today we heard Ospi was uh, was um, uh, what was Ospi doing? They're like tightening down again. They're changing. Um, yeah, let's talk about this because Ospi is changing. I don't even know what they're changing. Actually, they're trying to. I think they're not trying to change the stress test so much, like percentage wise, but they want to. They definitely want to fuck around with this thing in a way that's going to tighten the market for sure, which do doesn't really make any sense. And, and it's like on top of just everybody telling us now that they're going to raise property taxes because they're getting rid of development fees. It's like, what, what the fuck? We're going into a recession, you fucking assholes. And like everything's going crazy. And now, hey, guess what? Bam! We're gonna hit you with higher, higher property taxes, and but isn't this crazy? Yes, and any but any, it's entirely predictable for anybody who watched the United States. It is completely predictable because um, they had like whatever they had, you know, that kind of set the whole thing off. But essentially, 
you know, properties get overvalued from time to time. And then there's like an event. I don't know what that event is. Nobody knows what that event's going to be. Nobody can predict that. But it's like kind of like when you, when your glass gets like too full, it like gets like over and then all of a sudden it starts to spill. It doesn't matter what makes it start to spill. What matters is your glass was too full, right? But there's always this concentration on the glass, like what happened, like, no, that doesn't matter. Like we know properties have been over in Canada have been overvalued for years because just because, and we make up stories for why that is right. And the, the real truth of it was in when the U S had their crash, the Canadian government moved to like goose lending. Like, I don't know, like they, it's like they have, um, you know, I, I don't, I can't say that there's collusion or whatever, because I have no proof of that. But listen, it's like every bank gets the message. We're going to lend on mortgages and we don't care, you know, and that happened. Like the Toronto market dropped 17 points in four months. And then the Canadian banks were just like, no, we're not following the crash. Uh, we have great lending, whatever. And the you know the bank of canada like throws a bunch of liquidity in there and they just like lend their faces off i mean people forget at one point there was like 40 years zero down mortgages in canada right and it's yeah. like there has been like this long um ramp up to where we are and then people are like the prices are high and don't make sense you know, and it's like now that they've changed. And, and so like we see this everywhere in asset bubbles. It doesn't matter what it is. And even in the 1930s, I was reading this thing and they talked about the bezel, which is something that refers to uh, the quantum of fraud. Right. And when lending is loose and not really uh, watched too much, uh, fraud grows you know, and everybody kind of hops in. But what fraud means really in the case of housing is we're going to be gatekeepers. Okay. We're going to let these people in that are proper people, but we're not going to let these other people in. And like, kind of like, as like a self-employed person, I'm like one of those people that they don't want in, in their little thing. So like, for instance, when I was trying to get financing for my northern properties, everybody was like, forget about it. You know, like, uh, you know, you're self-employed. You don't have a husband who's employed. We don't want you. We don't care. No, 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 no. And it actually caused problems. And then I realized this was true. Um, I wasn't going to qualify for any like significant financing. And I didn't care. I'm like, OK, I'm going to structure my business so I don't have to worry about whatever. And so I have like a, a bunch of property, like I got like, I think I have like six up there now. And um, like, I literally have a 25 grand line of credit. That's it. But the properties aren't worth much, right? But now like that, the interest rates have gone up. I'm like, okay, well, that worked out for me. But it wasn't because I didn't like try. I mean, it was just because nobody wanted to lend in those areas, number one. And uh, that's like the main problem. And the ones that did, didn't want to lend to, um, didn't want to lend to me. And that's fine too. Daryl um, and I are no strangers to being denied at the bank for a mortgage. Yeah. So that's the self-employed, you know, mantra. I don't it's even like, go how to do the I bank. structure my whole entire life around the bank, uh, giving I me eventually some sort of loan, right? Because 
it's because not the it's rates not there. are good that's yeah. what i'm talking about being a gatekeeper right yeah like yeah. that's the gatekeeping. So it's not like, can you pay? Are you going to pay? It's like, do we like your paperwork? Yeah. yeah and yeah. really that also applies to, um, that also applies to um, people who are um, um, like have low income, right? Like mm -hmm. for instance, if I'm in a, if I'm renting a property, right? Um I'm not allowed to discriminate based on a source of income for like, say somebody who's on Ontario works or ODSP. But if that same person tried to get a mortgage, good luck. Right. So it's even more gatekeeping. I mean, like, that's just, I mean, but, real but in the property management don't world, you could, yeah. In the property management world, you, you could say something else. So like we're considering another applicant, but really in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, this person isn't qualified to be able to take over this apartment. And I think well, the bank, I think the bank has got those same types of things, right? As you know, they've got their reasons as well. Your, you know, your GDS, your TDS, or it's not a uh, contract, uh, uh, or it's not permanent employment as opposed to temporary employment, and like they have their reasons behind it. It's never just like, hey, we're discriminating against you. Um, I don't know I, how much I agree on the bank side as much as I would on the rental side. Like, I think you should be able to afford the place before the, you get a mortgage. I mean, like how. How do but, you pay? But, but, but what happens are unsecured. You should be more careful with your rentals because rentals are unsecured. I Think understand. about that for a second. Let that sink but the, in. But the, right? but, the, but the payment's lower, right? And if somebody doesn't pay, the, the law is supposed to step in to be able to help out, we, which I want to talk about that a lot with you today. But in the mortgage sense, I mean, it's, it's, it's very um, cumbersome to be able to uh, take over a house afterwards if a person isn't able to pay. So it becomes, I'm familiar it becomes, with that process. Yeah, it become it becomes quite the process and very expensive. And so you know the bank and there's also a lot of money being put out right where there's a lot more risk. Not to say that being a landlord doesn't have a lot of risk. Well, um, but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean I, I we're unsecured. Um, so a lot of people and I can understand certainly after you know the last couple years. Um, I can certainly, I can certainly understand why landlords are terrified. They're mm -hmm. like literally all shitting themselves. I don't, I'm not I, even kidding you. I don't think the answer would be to have have it to be easier to get a mortgage. I think the the answer really is housing prices need to be more affordable. Like, I mean, that's the answer. We know what the goal needs to be. The goal yeah. needs to be that everyone has the right to a home. That no matter what your income is, you have the right to own a home. No matter what you know profile you fit in, you have the right to be able to be secure in the place that you live, not yeah. having to worry about anyone kicking you out. And as long as you pay those bills and taxes, you get to live there forever. I believe in that. There's yeah, got to be better ways of going around getting there than yeah. destroying the economy and killing everybody's jobs and income. Well, here's the thing, right? Can't we just like build a lot of stuff? Until it's balanced, like fuck, yeah. like, let's just go. Build. Let's just yeah, small build things, big shit things, everywhere. far things, high okay, things. Okay, build something. Go get yeah. a mortgage. Go get a construction loan right now. Oh god, this is what I keep telling everybody: is like, good luck. So I'm a developer. Right. I don't know if you know that. Like, good luck financing mm -hmm. a development deal right now, yeah. unless you're buying something that like cash flows and covers itself. Like yeah, you're going to bleed like crazy or you won't even get financed because you paid too much for the land. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. it's not easy to finance. So that's where all these terms are coming into play, I guess right now, but 
it's yeah, a big well, it's a big mess because then you, you you start to talk about the oh the seller's expectations like everything is not lining up right now right well that's the thing we're supposed to build 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 how are we going to do that like i mean like a lot of these things are like like i mean i think a lot of times the government says like oh well we're going to build these incentives but they don't really think about how those incentives work right like, for example, they used to incentivize building um, rental towers, right? Mm -hmm. Like all like all the um, all the buildings I ever worked in were built like way back when and they were subsidized by the government. End of story. They were all subsidized. And if you look, they all basically came at the same time. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about 17 friggin units here. I'm talking like yeah, 400, units. 70, yeah. 400, yeah. whatever. Yeah. They were financed by the government. And then the thing is, is that if we want people to build rental housing, purpose-built rental housing, we need to provide a path for people to go down, right? Mm -hmm. Like like somebody need, in government needs to think like, okay, if I was a developer right now, how would I make that work, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm Joe Blow. I'm a developer. I have money. I have some money. Usually I rely on construction financing to build my thing, whatever it is. How am I going to build a rental building? I want to build a 1,000 unit rental building in Toronto. How do I do that as a developer? And then they need to go through the steps of how they would build this thing. And then realize for themselves that in Toronto anyways, or pretty much anywhere, I think in Canada, that would be friggin' impossible. So that's the problem. So if you want people to do it, then they have to be able to do it. Like all of these they, things, you know, I mean, this is like negotiation 101. This is the same negotiation I use with tenants that, you know, uh, have to leave. I'm like, you know, like your rooming house tenant guy who's paying $400 a month is not not leaving to vex you. He's not leaving because he has no other place to go to than the shelter. So unless you fix that problem, you're not going to. So whenever you ask people to do things for you, they have to be able to do it. It's like if I said to somebody who has no legs, oh, please jump for me. He could want to jump as much as he wants, but nobody's jumping, right? And that's the problem. Like nobody like thinks this through. They're like, oh, my tenant makes me mad because they're not doing what I want. It's like, yeah, because they can't afford to do what you want because A, their credit is not like 700 score, even though they might be gained or whatever. And the rent at the new place has gone up like $800 a month. So it's actually paying them $800 a month to sit in your place and wait a year for a court date who wouldn't take that deal? Like, what are you offering? Oh, I'll give them a month's rent. Who cares? You know, like. I'm going like, to say something controversial, right? And this is just, you know, this is not like what I think or anything like that. But there are people out there who say that, you know, when, when people are in like, you know, low income housing and, you know, they're on government support and all that, they're not motivated to go out and make those changes in their life. Right. And that, you know, sometimes people have made big changes in their life because they were put into really uncomfortable situations like having to pay more money for rent or, you know, facing homelessness and all that kind of stuff. Right. I'm going to say no to that. I mean, every single, like I am like a very, very lucky person. I will tell you that I am sitting here and that I have all my brain cells and everything. 
because when I was like a very young girl, I spent like three years with a psychopath, right? And I was not in a good place. And after that, it took me a lot of time to recover like my faculties. And a lot of people who have gone through what I've gone through in their life, um, like do not recover the way I have and are as sane as I have, like uh, are nearly as sane. Not that I'm claiming I'm sane, but you know, and people forget that. Like, I mean, you could be working one day. Like I know a lady, she was like driving her car. She gets hit by, uh, uh, you know, another car. She's in a wheelchair, you know? Um, what's saving you? I mean, my own sister, she's disabled. She's not lazy. She's like got cerebral palsy and epilepsy and like a hundred other medical conditions and even breast cancer in the last few years. I mean, like everybody thinks they're infallible till they're not like you're here and you're breathing and you should be like thanking your lucky stars about how lucky you are. Cause there was no guarantee that you woke up in the morning. You know, and you guys are like young guys, but nobody. I love that she keeps saying that. that to I'm you incredibly young. It's like I'm yeah. so. I have a young filter put on. Oh, I'm coming call. back again. You see? Yes, I love you. <laughs> but seriously, like I'm think a, about I'm... it. Like a lot of things happen. I mean, look at you know that football guy. Uh, what's his name? I don't even know his name. He's like playing football, freaking gets hit, almost drops dead. You know what the hell? Like. You don't know what your day, like you guys could go around on your day and, and something could happen to you. You don't know. So we're all like very lucky that we're as good as we are. And every day, like I'm telling you, I'm very grateful that I'm able to be as like well as I am considering like these thing, this thing that happened to me when I was younger. Like it was like pretty traumatic and, and scary type of thing and it gave me a lot of empathy for people who are in difficult situations and a lot of times they can't get out they can't you know um like like it's like it's like you have to be able to think yourself out of your situation before but the thing that you're using to fix yourself is the thing that's broken so mm -hmm. so it's like really is the is the real estate in canada broken Yes, Rachel. Is, is it? Do we have a? Do we have a problem? Is there a problem? We have to. Um, okay. So here's the thing: for real estate to be affordable, the prices need to go down. For the prices to go down, everybody who's currently holding real estate needs to take a big friggin' haircut, a big one, and pay back the money that they lent. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about what happens then. Okay. Not only that. If we follow the route of the states, the people who um, uh, the people who uh, rescued the industry were cash buyers, right? Okay. Hopefully, we don't. At that time, I was like, "Oh, Canada would never let that happen because they buoy up the industry." They did buoy up the industry then, during the Home Capital Group saga. They did all kinds of things to prevent lending from taking a haircut. And I don't know if they're going to pull another rabbit out of the hat. It looks like they're doubling down. And that's exactly what happened in the U.S. Is that like as the prices go down, they're adding more difficulty. So it's like they're basically um, it's kind of like, oh, this boat is sinking. Let's add some rocks. Like, let's not see if the boat will continue to float with the rocks we put in it, because 
it's like a ramen soup. It takes three minutes. No, like the first interest rate increase isn't baked in until 18 months from now. And how many have they done since then? Mm -hmm. Right? So everybody thinks of like, oh, well, this quarter, well, that's a stupid way to run a company. I don't care about the next three months. Like everybody runs their company like that, like all these publicly traded companies, but it's really a stupid way to think, right? Are you planning to be in business after three months? Like, are you going to sell your office furniture to boy up your balance sheet? Like, no, you need, like it's so, like it's temporary thinking. It's like not even thinking uh, 10 minutes down the road. So, right? so, so if prices become affordable, like you're saying, certain things have to happen. One, Nobody like prices have to come down. Well, I mean, at a certain point, hopefully people are going to want it funny? again, right? But it's, like, isn't it crazy? But hold on. So pr either prices have to come down or wages have to go up or interest rates have to come down. Like these things all kind of have to happen to get prices affordable. But if if they're killing prices and killing wage uh, prices or amounts, I don't even know, but wages, right? Like how low, if they're killing wages or trying to kill wages simultaneously, like how low do housing prices have to go to continue to, to get to affordable? Like how far back what do is we affordable? Have to go yeah. where, where wages, interest rates and pricing line up to a point where people are like able to buy if they actually want to buy, not just like if they have to buy, or, you know, they have to move or they got divorced, like have tos. We looked, we looked at the average income in Toronto for a medium household after tax. It was $55,000 in 1990. The mm -hmm. average house price was 255000 This is in Toronto. 2022, average take-home household medium income is $75,000. So it's gone up like 30%. And the average house price that was just announced was $1.19 million. It went up four and a half times, right? Yeah. So like, where does it need to go? Does it need to go back to where it was before? Like based on the incomes? I think yeah. we're- Or are we past yeah. that and it's never, ever going to, those I, fundamentals are gone now. We have to take Toronto- Fundamentals aren't gone. That's, we have to take Toronto out of the equation. We have to take Vancouver and Toronto out of the numbers right. completely because there are anomalies in this thing. There's plenty of affordable places to live in the country. There's plenty of beautiful- places to live the problem is Much that like affordable. people want to live where they grew up and they're like fixated on living near people that they love and obviously we all understand that and everybody wants to like live near where they work and everybody wants where everything the economy is the people but, want where the economy is not where you know because like like my northern places like i come from up north it's like a hundred times more beautiful than toronto be I used to get up in the morning when I was a kid and walk across and have a swim in a lake that I could drink the water out of. And there was no tires in it, unlike Lake Ontario. So it's beautiful up there, but I could never get a job that isn't minimum wage, right? Like, and there's no industry and there's no nothing. Like, so why would you live there? So Toronto is a hub of economic activity, but you need to look at the wages in Toronto, not necessarily the average wage across Canada to determine the, you know, the affordability for Toronto. But I will tell you this, um, that, that, that I heartily believe 
if investors are going to be the ones putting the bottom under this market, which is what happened after the tightening in the US, first of all, there's going to be a complete culture change. Number th one thing that's going to happen is everybody who now thinks that real estate is great is going to think that real estate is shit because everybody they know house house <laughs> change the name of the show, Daryl. Yeah, yeah. Change right? the name of the show. The shitty Canadian real estate show. It's just going to be Canadian. No, but it's true. That's how I Canadian feel. problem show. Or I'm already you know, like right? Canadian life show. Listen. That's how people are. And then they forget mm. the reason. See, the idea that uh, houses are. Okay, so let's talk about culture. Where like, and I mean, I'm going to talk about um, a little bit up north because you see in a place where um the economy like there's no such thing as housing as an investment a housing is a, a house is a thing that you use right you live in it and when you're unhappy with it you go live in another house okay like you might own it you might rent it either or and that's it it's not an investment it's just a place and honestly a lot of the places that are built up north were built uh by places things like mines and uh, like in the case of Smooth Rock Falls, um, where where I invest, um, the Abitibi power plant to house their workers, okay? Not castles, like just places for people to live, like the same as the, all those Scarborough bungalows that were built in the, the wartime the homes. Wartime, They're right? just places for people to live. And we don't build any houses like that anymore because that's that would be stupid. Like it's an investment. So you need to buy, build a uh, friggin' castle, okay? Like people don't like need to live in like 30, like 3,000 square feet. And tell even, that to my wife. I Well, I will tell your wife that. Tell her, please. Okay? Tell her. Because Send her a, it's, it's foolish. Recording. I mean, okay. one of the places, this is true. I one like of the it. places I bought in Smooth Rock Falls was a two bedroom. And the original owners, not raised and had 14 children in that house what size what what huh? 750 square feet and how they managed how to many 14 more children yeah. in a house 50, that was only 52 square bedroom. feet per person all right listen you you're stepping on my side of the house Jeez. hey can you get out of my side of the closet please seriously I'm i had my saying. young son i'm trying to sleep last night like <laughs> the, the five-year-old and i slept like I had the worst sleep ever last night because he was just moving around and kicking and screaming. And it was just I, like, I was I mean, so upset this morning. I was you like, don't oh, need this. I think and, uh, and that's, I mean, you want to talk about housing affordability? How about we stop thinking about building castles for two senior citizens who uh, are investing because they have money and realize that that's like a little bit obscene. I mean, mm. I, I've been in a house. I remember, like, this happened years ago up in Brampton. I forget what street it was. It was, like, a 6,000-square-foot house. And there was two people living in there, and they were trying to rent it out. And mm. so I went there to rent it out for them. And um, when I went there to rent it out, uh, they, they, like, I had to leave my coat on. And they're they're like, we can't heat the house. And I was like, what? They're like, no, it's too expensive to heat. And literally there was like one bedroom set. Everything's cracking everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so like what you said earlier, though, you said something really um, profound. And I think that that's what it is, is that there's going to be a shift 
right? In the in the culture yeah. side of real estate and what people need. And I believe I'm I'm a hundred percent behind that. What people expect to get, what they envision, where they're like, oh, I'm gonna grow up like a house that I lived in in the 80s or 90s, or I'm gonna have this, that, and the other because that's what I deserve. That needs to change. In houses order for young here. People, because prices may not yeah. go down. No, there houses is, here no are going to they're going to start to look like when you're in Mexico. You know, when you're driving down the highway in Mexico and like some of the houses, you can see the rebar and like part of the second floor because, you know, they're planning one day to build it. They're moving That's what it's going to be up. like here. So you're going to get yeah. like a little starter box that you can like maybe add on, add to, on to over time. Yeah. As you get over, but, exactly, no, but, but, you, but you have to change that. That that for that, everyone else. That's a cultural. That's a generational change where they need yeah. to grow up and they need to say it's okay. That's good. That I live in a condo. Yeah. It's okay that I live yeah. in. And in other that parts I of the rent. world, they already went through this. That's right. They've already gone through this a long time rent. ago. We're a bunch of spoiled right? brats. We're spoiled. Here. We're spoiled. spoiled little bitches here, and yeah, we want unhealthy. what we want, and we want to live yeah. near mom. Cause we want this. our kids to live near us, and we want to be able to afford it all, and we want to live work right now down the street. And it's not realistic right now, but that's because of low interest rates and like just the ease of that market running away on us. While, I mean, a lot of people got caught up in this thing running away over 30, 40 years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about- Let's like, unravel it now though. Now, yeah. Right? Let's yeah, talk let's get about into that. the rental business. This is a great time to be a concept. landlord. There's no problems. It's easy. Easy. It's, it's, you, you have a problem well, with a tenant. You just apply to the board. Your hearing's tomorrow. Okay. Let's not talk about the board. I'm going to talk about okay. You got to stay um, on the good side of the board. Renting. I get it. Renting. And the business of rentals. So let's talk about business of rentals and business in general. So if I'm making cookies, right, I would... There's such a thing called the cost of goods sold, which is alien to any landlord in Toronto at this point. So essentially, if I build a if I make a cookie, I'm I have to pay like um, let's say 50 cents for the cookie, 25 cents for the packaging, and then I need to sell it to someone else for two dollars so that I make a profit, right? So let's talk about that in context of um, renting in Toronto. Um, so uh, we buy a condo. Um, it costs, let's just say, two thousand a month. We rent it to a tenant for one thousand a month. Where's the business? It's not a business. Oh. That's the problem, and that's the problem that I have. And we're just about to realize. And, you know, this kind of kind of goes like in lockstep with the idea that the government stopped allowing or and letting people like investors, okay, real landlords um, build rental buildings for people, okay? Real landlords, we I like that. We replace that with building condos. And then we rented them to individual people. And then the ma and pa investors paid for that. Yes. They took the losses because the big boys were smart enough not to do it. Well, they, they didn't take any losses, right? The monthly negative cash flow they absorbed. But temporarily. Until today. Because of the yeah. speculation aspect, they yeah. were wildly successful. We're on the same page. Yeah, I, I know. What you're and saying. then developers yeah. said, well, you know, 
these landlords, these investors are making too much money. I'm going to sell them this condo in future dollars. Controversial topic. Ooh, right. That would happen. Yeah. yeah. Controversial. You know, it used to be that uh, you, they, they wouldn't that mean that happy. the margins improved by a considerable amount at some point, because I don't think that really ever happened. Like we what? don't make that much money when we build stuff. So, so I, I understand, I, but I, you're I getting haircuts cost, too, right? Well, you're getting the, haircuts too. I that's, don't know about haircuts. Right. I think they're adding on a lot of hair is the problem. Like mm. the, the, it's well, the cost it. of the land. That's the real fuck up, which forces you listen. I know that we are evil and we've destroyed the market. We're definitely part of the problem. There's no I, doubt. I'm not but, saying developers are no, evil. We, no, but we are. Everybody in this industry is on some level like in it for themselves to make as much money as themselves. And this is what we've got. Like this is what happens when the system is based on that. Like we see it everywhere across the world. There's no doubt. Yeah. Right. So but in a system where that's the case is that you need to make at least a certain amount, even just to get financing you're forced to set that price at something that achieves that target, right? Like there's no choice in the matter because the land event, like, especially in Toronto, when you pay $80 million for an acre downtown, like, guess what? And, and then on top of it, your, your, your uh, development charges go from 5,000 to 55,000 over a 10 year span. And oh, then yeah. on top of it, the construction costs go through the roof. And then on top of it, it takes two three years longer to do like that end price is only set by the all of those factors right all those factors including the timeline which is a, a, a huge huge problem not only for getting product out to people but i mean when you're paying eight ten twelve percent interest for an extra two years i mean Nobody's sitting there going like, I just, I can't wait to eat all these extra expenses and not pass them on to the end user where I haven't already set the price, right? So it's like the whole system needs a total overhaul and it needs to be okay, like we're saying, to rent and not only to rent, to like not rent what you're used to. Like that, that's, but that's going to take a long time for the kids that we've spoiled to be okay with less than we gave them as we're sitting there trying our best to give them everything in the world. Cause it's so easy right now. Like more, more, more importantly is why they had to switch from building and using those resources, using that time, using the planning, using the construction materials and everything else from a purpose-built rental and converted into the, the condo rental, right? That would, that's more important is why wasn't the government stepping in to say, Hey, these real landlords, like you said, which I think is a fantastic term. They're, they're real landlords. They actually know what they're doing. And, and this is their full-time job had no choice because it didn't make sense for them yeah, to pass the policy. The and Absolutely not. And no, the policy stopped making sense to build that stuff. Exactly. They had no choice, but no to build condos in this way. Otherwise that building never would have been built. And literally we'd have a bigger housing crisis if it didn't happen. And I was just talking to a construction management guy recently where he's telling me another project he works on a lot of projects. He manages different buildings. And he says another project just got converted to a uh, purpose-built rental. So the performa, yeah. when they're looking at it and they're saying, okay, condo prices are going up. Makes sense to do condos. Do condos, do condos. Go, 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 go. Oh, condo prices, sales centers aren't happening. We've got this land. We're already halfway. We're doing purpose-built rental. Let's go. Bring on the investors. We're doing purpose-built rental. they rentals. have the coin to continue building though. They have no choice. They have no choice. These are big guys. These are all the big guys, by the way. Yeah, these yeah. Are not the, yeah, these are all the biggest guys. But- they have no choice. 
they condo market right now, they're not going to be able to pre-sell it. So they have to go in the direction that's going to make the most amount of sense. No, and right now rental numbers are going up. So no it's rent like, control oh, in now Ontario. Yep. Change a few numbers here, change a few numbers here. And oh my God, rental makes more sense. And now I can yep. get CMHC Cut financing. Back a few now the amenities. performa makes sense. And guess what happens? Oh, no. In two okay. more years after the application's in and they've argued and they've agreed and CMHC. it's going to be purpose-built rental. No, but next yeah. thing you know, it's a condo again. Before dun, dun, they dun. launch, it's Market's a condo changed. again. Market they changed, can. everybody. Yeah. Oh, Let's go, yeah, Granite Counters, Granite Counters. I worked on one. Listen, the 50 Scholard was supposed to be a rental building. It was supposed to be done by the family that owned the land for a long time. And they could have done a rental building because they had more money than God. Who they could have done it. Do that? But well, they would have done it, but they all got sick and they decided to sell. But the, guess what? The next buyer didn't come in and say, hey, this is a great rental site right here in Yorkville. No, no. he came in and he said, I'm going to sell the shit out of this thing for twenty eight hundred bucks a square foot. It's a condo again. Nobody in their right mind. See, here's the thing. It even started with the property tax differential. So if you built a condo building, it was taxed the same way a house would be in Toronto. And if you built a multi-residential building for many, many years, um, the property tax rate on multi-residential, and you can actually look it up now, because for older buildings, the tax rate on multi-residential is still like two and a half times higher than um, than it is uh, on a condo building, which is insane. So like that, you know, five plex you talked about in Parkdale pays more property tax per person than, than anything. I mean, the city of Toronto crows about affordability. Okay, you know what? There's a law in Canada that if you lower property tax rates, um, and, sorry, in Ontario, not Canada. If you lower property tax rates in Ontario, your tenants automatically get a rent decrease of whatever the property tax decreases. So why don't you just lower the tax rate on existing multi-residential buildings to be the same as the fancy new condo around the corner? Like, why don't you do that? You in my, in my experience, and I, and I don't have all the, the numbers in front of me, in my experience, they're collecting more money from a condo building than the purpose-built rental property tax. Um, no, because the no, assessed values of each unit totals it. more because right now we're selling oh, yeah, about maybe like, that. Yeah, yeah. So re a purpose built rental right now, let's say you're going for 400 K a door, right? If you go into yeah. the, a similar building in the area, it's those condos are like 800,000 each, right? So they're collecting a lot more per unit, um, in a condo than they do from a well, they change the rules. Now they change mm -hmm. the rules. They change the rules on any new, uh, purpose built rental. So mm -hmm. maybe it would, I, I don't know how it affects it that way when it's built, but I know like in a, like in some of the buildings that I was managing, like literally property tax was like the highest budget item we had. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's still, that's still the case in any, you know, yeah. rental other than your debt servicing. So, I mean, I'm just saying they, they could do that. I mean, but they there needs to be that. more government. Event. I, know, I know what you're trying to say. There needs yeah. to be more government intervention. I like how you talked about in the seventies, the uh, government finance buildings. It's so obvious when you, when you drive around and look at all the rental stock we have in these high rise yeah. apartment buildings, it's clear whatever they were doing back then worked. It's clear that CMHC, like the ML, MLI they select started something 95% loan to value type of stuff. It works. I'm seeing a lot of people right now who are selling buildings where they they have a mortgage, a CMHC mortgage. I know guys who've got them 
um, to be assumed. So I know that they are funding buildings. Daryl, you looked at that before too, right? One of the guys yeah, they started a for, for uh, new construction. Like it's pretty crazy terms and favor and favorable rates. It's just the cost yeah. of land. How do you get the land to be able yeah, to do it? You have to make the perform land. a work for a, a purpose-built rental. And then to yeah. get the good rates, you have to Which be means affordable. the cost of your land. Yeah. Yeah. Which if the, the, if the cost of the land isn't there, then it ruins everything. Oh, and then where rentals make sense is where the land is like not as big a component of the deal, right? Yeah. Like further out. So yeah. it's like the, the, the economics don't make any sense. The incentives don't make any sense. I'll, I'll tell you a story. And this, I don't, I don't know how to make sense of this. So there's a property at 229 Richmond Street West. And it's a, it's a beautiful corner property. It's a Richmond and... Uh, Peter? Yeah, I want to say Peter. It's an empty mm -hmm. parking lot, okay? And they turned it into picnic tables in the last couple of years. But the city expropriated it from the owners for over $100 million a few years ago. I know this because I was strung along as part of the buying process, thinking I had a chance at actually buying the property. But they bought it for a hundred and something million dollars. And you know why? Not to put like affordable housing in a great part of downtown Toronto, but to build a park for dogs, a dog park. Okay. A hundred million dollars. Now, now tell me if you can expropriate land in the middle of downtown Toronto in the middle of a housing crisis, and you're willing to spend a hundred million dollars, like maybe it's a good idea to lease it out to somebody who's willing to put a whole ton of housing on it, you know, for the next hundred years or something. But no, it's a fucking park, man. Like this is what we're dealing with. It's like, so, so you said at the beginning of, of one of the, one of your answers that we need, someone in government to think like a developer. And this is the problem right here, because you know what? Nobody in government is a developer and no one could ever think like a developer because you know what? You have to be able to take or willing to take crazy, stupid risks with a lot of people's money. And that you, that perspective changes the way you make decisions, right? When you actually have something to lose at the end of the day, your decision-making is vastly different. But if you have something to gain, same thing. But these politicians that are sitting there going, like, if I was a developer, I would want this. Like, what the fuck do they know? How could they know, right? How could we expect them to know? And did we even vote for that idiot to make that decision is a whole other story. But like, you see, the problem can't be solved with people that don't have the right perspective but how do you incentivize the right person to do the job for the government they wouldn't right? work there who the i fuck, mean right like i don't know do you remember that guy okay like the homeless issue and everybody is talking about the homeless and they have like friggin' meetings at city hall about the homeless where like probably just the cost of the donuts for the meeting could like house two homeless people for a couple months <laughs> like <laughs> right like hey. um Remember that guy who's like just a carpenter? He's like, I think I can yeah, build, he built a house a house. for the yeah, homeless yeah. people. They made him rip like it for down. For $2,000. And mm -hmm. he had like people who were just like, I'll give you 2000 bucks to build a house for a homeless person. Like that's yeah. very sensible. And the city like was like all over this guy. Like, fuck you, dude. We want our homeless to die or go to our shelter where we have a homeless industry and we fund these shelters and we like have hotels 
right? We rent hotels and we put homeless people in them. And then like, I don't know if you guys were watching, yeah, they were like kicking everybody prices. out because the lease on the hotel was different. Like if I, as a private landlord get really like, I can't pay my mortgage or my property taxes anymore because I have somebody living in my house who's been there for 11 months. Like, um, tried to kick somebody out. Like they were kicking people out of their hotel. I would be taken to jail. There are people who, like the police would come and say, you're being arrested for harassment, but they can do it. And that annoys me. They're exempt actually from the RTA. I mean, and that's kind of- Well, hotels are. Hmm? Hotels yeah, are. The, this is no, another problem. Emergency housing is, is, is exempt. Emergency housing. But this yeah. is emergency another problem. Housing. Like the, the, the governing body- the, double dealing. The landlord tenant board is supposed to protect everybody. And look, everybody's against each other, right? Landlords are against tenants. Tenants are against landlords. Tenants are taking advantage of landlords. Landlords are getting fucked. Everybody's like- fighting because there's no it's like a lawless society right now I, I it's love like my landlords i love my land i'm gonna say this i love my landlords i have like the best landlords like look at this place okay this this beautiful house of whatever this is like a young business going on there young in davisville i've been here for seven years it's the mid floor of like a walk-up right mm, and nice. i i have a very reasonable rent um, I, I don't bother him like this year when the AC was making a funny noise, I just called my guy and paid my guy. I didn't annoy him and tell him this is the bill because I'm getting like a really good deal here. I'm not going to tell you exactly what I'm paying a, a square foot, but it's really good. And he hasn't raised my rent and he doesn't bother me. And guess what? I don't bother him. And I make sure I pay my friggin' rent on the first and that's it. This is commercial. Sure. You know, I don't even... He could kick me out any day. He could just come and say, like, leave. And I mean, but I had a thing happen recently where I, and this is like a happening in real time. So I have a house in Scarborough. I've lived there for 30 years. And uh, recently there was a shooting at my son's school. So I'm like, well, as a lot of people have noticed, there's problems with Scarborough. And it's not the other thing. Um, and then I had another thing happen. Not enough subways. That's the problem. Eh? Not enough. Well, I live in Scarborough too, by the way. There, not I, enough subways. You know, some areas are nice. My area used to be nice. Now it's not so nice. And then there was a shooting at my son's school and a stabbing the week before. And there was a guy who followed me around with a sleeping bag over his head. He, I know I'm gorgeous. I, I, he probably couldn't help it. But it was vastly unpleasant. And I said to myself, maybe I should go to a better area, at least until my son has finished high school so he doesn't have to deal with the issues that are in this particular high school where there was a shooting and like one kid died and the other. And my son was leaving the school. And um, as he's leaving the school, there he heard the gunshots. And the next day I had to drop my son off and there's like 50 cop cars and it's just like a disaster. And I'm like, you know, maybe I need to rethink my area choices. And that's what I did. So I decided I'm going to move from the area, but I like my house. So I rented it out. And then um, I, um, I rented a house in Aurora. So here's the thing. So I did the math. If I had a million dollars, which I do not have a million dollars in my pocket. 
And I um, put a million dollars down and I tried to buy the house, which I wouldn't be approved for anyways, because, you know, self-employed income and all of that stuff. Um, but let's say I was approved. That landlord would be subsidizing my rent by around, uh, I'm going to say, I, I think I did the math. It was like, if I put a million down on the house that I rented, that landlord is subsidizing my rent like about four to five thousand dollars a month. Yeah. If it was a very available. large house that you're renting. Yeah, if it was a it would be a two, two plus million dollar house. And, and you know, it's not because I just applied for that house. I applied for every house like that was like in my like some very modest houses. And I'm telling you, like this house is like really super nice. And like, it's the one I was approved for. Like, weirdly, like the other houses, like they didn't even bother with my application. They're just like, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. This was the people who did. And like, and here's the thing. I own a bunch of properties. Like as somebody who does collections of like orders, I can tell you there is nobody more vulnerable to any type of legal action than somebody who owns a property. So mm -hmm. for sure you can collect. I would take that any day. And I actually buy debt from time to time. <laughs> if I know there's a homeowner, I will buy the debt. You say to me, I have a debt for $10,000 and the guy's a homeowner. I'm like, sure, I'll give you five grand today, knowing that I'm going to get like 12 grand in a few years from now. That's it. So, cool. I mean, my point is that that guy's giving me a gift. He's literally giving me uh, the use of $1 million and um, I don't know, like how many, like 4,000 a month in costs. I mean, and he's happy I'm there too, because he knows I'll take super great place in the place. But uh, how do I feel about my land? I don't feel like he should mow my grass or come shovel my frigging driveway. I don't even want my landlord there to mow my grass and shovel my driveway. I can do that myself. But this is like kind of the thinking and the landlord has been completely vilified. Like how great is it that I can use this, this beautiful house to house myself and my family. And like, it's a gift. It's a gift every single month. And I don't mm -hmm. know why other, no, no other society that, that would, that would, that would happen like he's, that. Right. He's an evil landlord because he and every other landlord is in it for speculation. There is no landlord business. This is why it breaks down. This is why it is completely insane to build a purpose-built rental because of the subsidization that's going on. As of now. So that's it. If yeah. you take out the subsidy, okay, if you take out the subsidy, I will tell you, I, I haven't done the math in a long time. You say the rent is high. 2,800 bucks a month on a one bedroom condo. I have a spreadsheet that says it's worth about 250,000. Okay, yeah. after you count maintenance fees, property taxes, and you tie in a, 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 a cap rate of 10%, it ain't worth shit. It's not an investment. And well, I by the time it's it worth something, it needs year. all kind of work done to it because the bathroom's outdated and the kitchen's falling apart and the floors what? are all fucked up. But in a proper, people are overpaying. Yeah, people are overpaying. In a yeah. proper business of landlording, right? Mm. You understand that those costs are covered, right? Like mm -hmm. you 
factor in. Like if I buy a property and I rent it out, I must make a financial profit so that I can do things because that house, every single element will need to be replaced in the next 20 years. The roof, the boy, like the, the heating, like the flooring, the kitchen, the bathroom, like every single thing is always breaking down. As a property manager, I can inform you of this. <laughs> Everything is breaking all the time. And a lot of these people buy frigging condos and they don't understand. They're like, oh, I bought a nice apartment for myself and I only pay X and Y and my maintenance fee. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Your place is 20 years old and you also bought like one three hundredth of that I don't know, $200 million boiler or whatever they're going for these days. So mm -hmm. good luck to you when it needs to be replaced. And the roof is going to be like another $500,000. And while all your idiot board members who have no training or understanding of how buildings work are arguing about what wallpaper to put in the lobby to make it look pretty, mm -hmm. your elevators are getting old. See, yeah, see, wait, yeah. wait, wait till all of the curtain walls start to fail and leak. It's gonna be yeah. Well, I got big. I got a big one right now. That's that's windows. But but Rachel, we buy a condo. I wouldn't we, buy one. I would. They make to me like here's the thing. People don't understand buildings and how they work. Landlords and and this is the other part. Like I'm gonna like really dish on property managers here. Condo we, property just to management. let you know, Rachel, we got like two minutes left in the show. So we want to, we want to promote you oh, a little maybe bit that's too. Another show because we want to promote you here. We want to show them your another information show. Out to people as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So until the, the problem is, is that, okay, so this is going to finish it off. The problem is, is that the rental business is a business selling your uh, land for selling your your building for more money is not your business. Your business is rent collection. So when we get back to talking about the rents and cap rates that actually work, that include all the expenses and not some made up uh, cap rate, then we'll be back to solid footing. Because right now, uh, rentals as a building, like rentals as a business in single family homes, and um, condos has never existed in the last 20 years because the numbers do not work. That's it. I mean, it's that simple. It doesn't work as a business. It is not a business. Thank, thank, thank you, Rachel. So where where can our listeners find you? So um, what's the best place to reach you? If someone's, we got a lot of landlords who listen to this show who need your help. Um, where can they reach me? Uh, they can reach me on my phone number. <laughs> um, or at my email, um, or on my website. What about your website? What's your website? We'll post a link to it in the description. Landlordrescue.ca. Landlordrescue.ca. What a great you, name. You can also find me on Twitter, but don't hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the website first. Tend to rant there. Yeah. <laughs> Is easier way into it. But thank you very much, Rachel. We really thank appreciate you. you. I think you had a lot thank of really you. great uh, content today and we can definitely get you back on the show in the future and talk about I the next steps on once condos. this whole bubble is is finally, you know, come to rest. We're going to have a dish on ever. the condo market. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Episode. We'll bring on uh, Jordan and Jordan her at the same and, time. And Jeremiah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you, have Rachel. Fun, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.